Welcome to Boiling Point, the podcast to motivate ever-evolving entrepreneurs and forward-thinking movement pioneers. Our hosts, filmmaker Greg Hemmings and executive coach Dave Vale, are turning up the heat in the world's business communities. Our interviews with entrepreneurs, thought leaders, and movement makers are raising the temperature of inspiration. Live from the hottest studio in this quadrant of the universe, here are Dave and Greg. Mr. Hemmings? Dave Vale, it's so good to see you. I'm actually really happy that I'm alive right now, actually. I am so sore. I saw. <laughs> you did a, an epic climb. I climbed Mount Katahdin on Sunday after a full week in New Orleans. So you, do you understand what happens in New Orleans besides uh, incredible yeah. music oh, yeah. Yeah, and yeah. business? Yeah. Well, I get home <laughs> I get home at 2.30 in the morning from New Orleans, and then we drive four hours to Mount Katahdin, climb it over 5,000 feet, and I feel like, yeah. Anyway, the reason I'm excited about this is I pushed my limits, Dave. Now, I've done this before. I've, I've done this. This is my fifth time climbing that mountain. Yeah. But it's so intense as I get older. Yeah. <laughs> it gets harder and harder. Yeah, yeah. It's your fifth time. <laughs> the fifth time doing it. Beautiful. Yeah. And uh, anybody who's in the entrepreneur space, you you need to find that thing, that physical thing that's going to push you to the, you know, over, over past your comfort zone. 100%. And you know me, the, the master of transitions, right? Yes. This is a beautiful segue. Oh, thank you. Segue. Well, but, but have you ever pushed yourself over uh, a bed of hot coals? <clears throat> no. However, uh, watching a number of Tony Robbins um, yeah, videos, I've got no idea how people do it. I have never done it. Would I do it? Yes. I'm interested. 100%. Yeah. And uh, I think this is why I'm pretty stoked to bring our next guest in. Let's, let's do it. Okay, David. David Alvin, how are you, man? I'm great. I'm not How even. Are you gonna, guys? I, we're we're doing awesome. We're doing fantastic. And uh, yeah, it sounds like it. And we're <laughs> we're just excited to hear about you, a firewalker, who uh, listen. I I I'm not even going to do justice. Can, do you mind giving us the elevator pitch about who David Albin is? And uh, yeah, just, just firewalker production. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Sure. You know. Yeah. I I um I went to a Tony Robbins seminar back in 1995, and um. I went screaming and, and crying about it because I wasn't going to do the firewalk. And, and though, um, y- you know, you get there and, and the next thing you know, you're in a room with Tony for 10 hours. I, I think the event started at like two o'clock in the afternoon. Next thing I know it's after midnight and he takes us out into this huge parking lot and it's a beautiful moonlit night and he's got a huge bonfire built over on the side and, and what they, and how logistically how they set that all up is they lay lanes of sod of, of of grass and there's enough room in between each lane, if you will, to put a wheelbarrow full of coals that they loaded over there from that big fire. And of course, you know, he's got African drummers playing. So it's, you know, really intense. It's dun, 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 you know, he's got everybody clapping and they're chanting. Yes. Yes. And well, and I'm over there going, no, I don't think so. Right. No, I'm not. Cause I, I made a decision. Cause what happened is I had a, I got, I got sober in June of 1988. I was grossly addicted to heroin and cocaine and alcohol and cigarettes. I was, I was real near death, homicidal, suicidal, the whole nine yards. And so I reached out for help to AA and, and I, and I went to a meeting that day on June 8th, 1988 and it stuck. And so, you know, I came down a road of sobriety and I've been sober ever since. And that was, you know, I just celebrated 30 years. Congratulations. And so it's, oh, thank you. 
Um, and I always, you know, I get that a lot. And I always tell people, look, all I did is stop trying to kill myself. <laughs> that's all I really did. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, it still takes courage, you know? Like, that's, that's, it, it, it's well, climbing a mountain there. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, like, I mean, yeah. You, you know, if I look back, if I, if I knew what the odds were back, I'm glad I didn't know what the odds were. It's pretty spooky. So part of the recovery, guys, was, you know, I, I had insomnia, so I was up late one night, and I was watching an infomercial, and there he was, the man bigger in life, and there he was on a gunty ranker. You know, people thought he had his own television show back then because he was on the infomercial market so, so long. I remember that. Yeah, right? Yep. And so I bought his program, and they came on cassette tapes. And for our listeners, that's those are little tiny white things. You'll probably see them in the Smithsonian someday, just, right? Just after, and just about after eight tracks, eh? <laughs> yeah, right. Oh, don't get me started on eight tracks. I've got a huge resentment about eight tracks, man. Um, so yes, so uh, you know, I went through his program and I did what the man taught me to do, and it worked. And then I bought his book, and then I turned that over on to a buddy of mine, and he he read the book, went through the tapes, and seven years later, sure enough, he called me and said, "Hey, man." Tony's coming to town. Let's go, man. I'm really excited. It's four days. No, you got me into this. Let's do this. And I went without even thinking about it. Right. I said, sure. I'm in. Let's do it. So he called me back and he said, you know, we pick up the tickets at will call. And, and that's, and, and then just as he, you know, hung up the phone, he said, Oh, and by the way, you know, we need to drink a lot of water, stay hydrated, bring <laughs> snacks, be prepared to spend a lot of time in the room, bring a great attitude and be ready to play full out. I remember thinking, well, look, I just spent 800 bucks. I'm going to play eight full out. And this was in what, 1995? <clears throat> so sure enough, we get there. And as I mentioned earlier, man, next thing I know, he's got me in the parking lot. And by the way, when, when he called me back to, you know, after he made the, uh, the reservations and we picked up the tickets at Will Call, he goes, oh, by the way, we're going to be doing a fire walk. <laughs> and I remember thinking, hell no. <laughs> no. Right? No, I'm not doing that. That's for the crazies. He doesn't make you do it. You know, I went through this whole thing, but I still wasn't going to discount. I wanted to see him live. Mm -hmm. Well, again, you're in there for 10 hours with the guy and he takes you out in that parking lot. And, and the next thing you know, I'm standing at the back, right? I'm, Cause I'm not doing it. I'm, I've positioned myself way in the back. The problem with that strategy is, is Tony's people know where all the cowards are. <laughs> so, you know, right. Yeah. So here they come, man. Here comes this guy and he, he locks eyes with me and I'm thinking, dude, don't even, go there yeah. i'm not doing this he kind of he walks up to me and he kind of looking at me and he does he's like are you okay and i said well yeah i'm fine right because when we're not fine we're not okay what do we say oh yeah we're fine <laughs> yeah. well as long as i'm not he, walking he asked me, <laughs> yeah right well that's yeah that, that's coming later but he said well uh he asked me he said uh, hey where are you gonna walk tonight and i said in a deep voice absolutely not and I kind of, and he kind of, he backed up, right? He kind of went, oh, geez, okay. He said, well, listen, it's cool. We don't want you to do anything you don't want to do. And, and then he, you know what, guys, he asked me a question. And to this day, I don't know who it is. Uh, I don't know who this guy is, but he changed my life forever. Because the question he asked me was, wouldn't you at least like to watch? And I said, yeah, I, absolutely, I would. Um, and I'm thinking, yeah, I'd like to watch these idiots burn their feet off, right? So... Um, next thing I know, he says, well, listen, you're not going to be able to see anything from where you are. Cause I was 200 yards from where they were actually doing it. And I had 3000 people standing in front of me. And so you couldn't see anything. Uh, you could see the big fire burning over there in the corner I know and, this is and all that. All, <laughs> yeah. The whole thing's going right. You got the drums going and everybody's chanting and everybody's, you know, just killing it. I'm not. 
And so he said, well, you're not going to be able to see anything from back here. You know, you're going to have to get in line, <laughs> which, you know, okay. He kind of, and he was right. Cause I couldn't see anything. So I did, I got in line and I'm kind of going along, can't see anything. And the guy comes up to me and he goes, he knows when you're ready. When he says, go, you go. And I'm thinking, let me tell you where you can go. <laughs> you know, you, yeah. you, you didn't get the memo, dude. And so I'm kind of, I'm kind of walking along. Right. And all of a sudden, I get to this one point at an angle, and I can see at an angle these people are walking. And I'm thinking to myself, you know, when your brain sees something you've never seen before, and you're trying to find references, and you're yeah. trying to figure this out, and you're thinking, what in that? What's going on here? What, yeah. What's wrong with these people? Why are they doing this? And so that's when you start going through your own head. You know, why am I doing it? Why am I not doing it? What's the metaphor mean? I mean, on and on and on, all this stuff in your head. And the next thing you know what? I'm so focused on looking at these other people. Next thing I know, I'm at the head of the line. Oh my and God! I'm you're right. You're right in down. front of it. You're right. Uh, <laughs> oh yeah, I'm, I'm, stand, I'm the next guy to go. Right? You, you, you totally... were thrown to the top of the funnel here, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm there, right? And 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 there it is. It it gets real, real, real fast because there's a wheelbarrow there of coals, and you can feel the heat, and and you can see the coals laid out on the grass. And I'm staring, and I'm scared to death. I'm out of my mind. I mean, literally, my heart's coming out of my chest. And, and there's a trainer standing there, and all of a sudden he kind of screams at me. He goes, eyes up. Well, duh. You know, when you're in the room, Tony's tip for 10 hours. Part of that training is keep your eyes up. Yeah. Don't stare at what you fear. Look at, that, look, look at the, the, the reward is at the end of the fire lane. And so now my eyes are up, and he said, squeeze your fist and say yes. And I said, yes, kind of half-assed. <laughs> he said, stronger. He screams at me, right? So now I throw my now I'm kind of ticked off at this guy. I throw my hands in the air and I scream, "Yes!" And then he gets right in my face, you guys, and he screams at me, "Go stronger!" Well, now I'm pissed, and I throw my hands in the air and I scream at the top of my lungs, "Yes!" And he goes, "Go, go, 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 go!" And I took off. <laughs> well, here's where it gets interesting, right? Here's the first thing I learned about fuck. Here's the first thing I learned about firewalking. If you take the first step, you're pretty much guaranteed to take the second, third, fourth, and fifth step. <laughs> you don't want to stop. Right? You don't stop. You don't stop. Yeah. Well, he's got two guys positioned at the end of the fire lane that stop you. Because, heck, I would have walked all the way to Albuquerque at that point, you know, <laughs> in heat. So they, they stop you, man, and you're like, stop, wipe your feet and celebrate. So I'm wiping my feet and I'm celebrating. And next thing I know, this girl reaches in and grabs me by the shirt and she starts pulling me and she's going, you did it, you did it, you did it. She's moving me out of the way because there's people coming in behind you. There's other cowards that were behind me that were coming in behind me now. <laughs> and, and all of a sudden she's going, you did it, you did it, you did it. And I'm going, I did it, I did it. No, I didn't. And then I'm looking back and I'm seeing these coals and they're bright red. They're a thousand degrees. And all of a sudden I can feel my feet. And it's like, oh, my God, I burnt the heck out of myself. And I look at my, I pull up my left foot, and it's really dirty, but there's no burns. And what must be my right foot? I look at my right foot. It's dirty, but there's no burns. And now I'm at that point where I'm like, what? How, what? How can you walk across coals that are 1,000 degrees and not burn yourself? So that took me to, to, to my second question. How did I do it? I just done it. I was successful at it, and I didn't have a clue how the heck I did it. So that's when I, you know, you finish up the rest of the event. You're with Tony for four more days or that night, so another three days. And I found that he uses a couple hundred people as volunteers. 
Well, I contacted San Diego. That, that was back in the days of snail mail. And they sent me an application. I filled it out. Next thing I know, I got a letter in the mail. And it said, congratulations, you've been selected to crew with the Anthony Robbins companies in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. And that was in late 1995. Well, that turned into two years later, having crewed maybe 12, 15 times, something like that. I'm not, I don't exactly remember. Uh, I got offered a subcontractor's position to help Tony with his security because he has a lot of celebrities. So I had a security background in the military and in my life. And so the next thing I know I'm, I'm doing that and I'm on the fire team. And I started learning about how to facilitate what, you know, what goes on behind the scenes, what kind of wood do you use? How much do you buy? You know, all those kind of things. And then in 2003, Tony came to me and we, you know, Tony and I became really good friends and he's a great guy. And, you know, he, in 2003, he offered me to take over all of his firewalks globally. And wow, I told man. It's amazing. Know, yeah, it was pretty, it was pretty crazy, man. It was, you guys can you imagine. Um, and, and so I said, well, Tony, I don't know that I can do it. And he's like, why? And I said, well, because, you know, I homeschool my kids. And he said, well, that's not going to be a problem. What if we paid to have them travel with us? <laughs> and I'm like, you can't say no at this point. I'm like, really? Yeah. Right. So I call, I said, well, do you mind if I call home? And he said, of course not. So I called home and my son at that time, who's like eight, you know, um, I'm like, so Davey, you want to go on the road? And he already knew who Tony Robbins was. My son did, of course. And I said, hey, you want to go on the road with Tony and we'll travel and you'll do fire walks with me and the whole family will go. He's like, you think, Dad? <laughs> <laughs> so there we were, man. And, you know, my career started. <clears throat> and then uh, in 2014, um, I had I was kind of coming to the end. I'd been with him, you know, about 19 years and and Google got a hold of me. And they wanted to do a fire walk in San Francisco at corporate headquarters for 148 of their executives. And so they wanted to know if I was the Dave Albin that was working, that did Tony stuff. And I'm like, yeah. And they said, are you under any contractual obligation where you can't do something for someone else? And I'm like, no, I'm an independent contractor. And Tony would be good with it. And so they said, well, this is what we'd like to do a fire walk because we have a graduation. And um, that's what we want to do for them. And I'm like, okay, so what's your, do you have a budget for that? And they said, yeah. And they showed me. And I went, okay, I can work with that. <laughs> I'd be that would that would be that's uh, that's a whole other story. I'd be interested <laughs> seeing what that budget is. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It, it worked for you. So, though. but but that was it, right? That was like, okay, success leaves clues. If one of the largest corporations in the world get a gets a hold of you, I'm like, I wonder, did they Google that information or how? Ah, brilliant. <laughs> There's a right? whole different ways of uh, tapping into the algorithm if you're, if you're Google. <laughs> they do more than Google. You yeah, know. somebody said. Somebody said they uh, they probably binged it or yelped it or something. Yeah. <laughs> so um, so we actually ended up doing a glass walk, and the reason we did a glass walk is because we couldn't do the fire walk at night, and that's one of my rules. It's a safety rule, and I don't do it during the day. I've got to look at those coals. I got to see the color and so on. So anyway, we ended up doing a glass walk, which was a lot of fun, and that's really when I went to Tone and said, "Hey, man, I love you." Thank you for the ride. It's been one of the most bitching things in my life, but it's time for me to go. Uh, there's a corporate market out here, and I'm going to go fulfill it. And so we created a bunch of other, you know, I get fear-based team-building activities that are just paradigm shift and type experiences that are just awesome, glass walking and board breaking and 
an arrow breaking where you put an arrow in your neck and you put it up against the wall with a post-it oh, note something yeah. you want to break oh, through. Oh, my gosh, my God. <laughs> so I got to— This is—so, David, I want to go back to something. I just was listening to—I mean, you're telling the story of your first firewalk, and I have this sense, like, you probably never felt more alive than you did at that moment. Is that—would that be fair? It would be very fair. In fact, you're spot on. Because once you firewalk, you can't undo it. So it takes it, it takes you such into such a heightened, you know, state of mind. Um, because it, you're at that point where the question is, okay, if I can do that, what else can I do? Yeah, exactly. In fact, it, there's a video out there. I think it's on our website, um, and, and it's and it's basically it's Oprah. Because in my career now, you know, I've walked a half a million people, and we walked my team and I walked everybody from Oprah to Usher and. You name it, man. I mean, there were so many celebrities and so many. I, I actually remember seeing you know, that so Oprah, uh, that Oprah Club, because that, that was in. Wasn't that in the film? Wasn't that in uh, Tony's film? Uh, the, the, not, not my guru. Not your guru. No, you mean in Mike? Uh, I'm not your guru. Yeah. No, it wasn't in. It wasn't. I in saw there. that clip somewhere of Oprah doing there. that. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, it's out there. That's for sure. It's out there. But the beautiful thing about Oprah is that if you watch that video, it really depicts what somebody goes through emotionally, because she's freaking guys. She is freaking out, and so is Sherry, right? Who's you know the blonde that handles Harpo for her, and 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 yet when she walks and she finishes, the camera goes over, and you can go watch it for yourself. But she makes one of the biggest decisions of her career, right there, really? that quickly. Wow. Yeah. Well, you know, and here's with all due respect to Tony, Tony brought it to the West. Tony brought Firewalk into the West as a motivational, inspirational experience because he wants to shake up their central nervous system and he wants to show them immediately what life you can do. And most people have limiting beliefs about whatever it is. You take any entrepreneur, right? Everybody deals with fear mm -hmm. and, or it deals with you. Mm -hmm. And as Emerson said, right? Emerson said, do the thing you fear and the death of fear is certain. So Tony was spot mm -hmm. on with it. He's been doing it for 30 years. So he gets them you know, that's the first night. And then the next three nights is the rest of his seminar. Mm -hmm. So, you, you, but firewalking in and of itself has not been used for a motivational seminar. It's been around for thousands of years. The Hawaiians, the Polynesians, the Native American Indians, the Indo-Europeans, the Tahitians, all over culturally. But it was used as a, as a spiritual rite of passage. So there's something magical, guys. It just and I saw that right because I'm in the environment. Because right after I firewalked my first time, I was in such disbelief. I was asking people standing next to me, "Hey, did you just firewalk?" They're like, "Yeah." I go, "Did you burn yourself?" And they're like, "No." And you know, and I kept asking and asking and asking, "No, no, no." In fact, a couple of them looked at me like, "What's wrong with you? Why are you even asking?" I'm thinking, "Dude, we just walk across calls at a thousand degrees. We're supposed to get burned. What's going on?" Doesn't make sense. So my brain's looking for answers. So because of that, I you know, had this amazing, incredible career with Tony. So I was in his world and uh, proximity alone, I was around a lot of amazing people, both business and political and, you know, rock stars and entertainers and business icons. And I mean, you know, you name it, I was in mm. his environment. In fact, I was, I was thinking this morning, you know, one of the things is, as entrepreneurs, I, I had an entrepreneurial spirit when I was a young boy, because I started off with a paper route. And this would have been back in the 1960s, right? Because I was born in 54, so I'm 64. And so I had a paper route. But my mom grew flowers in the backyard and she helped me and she helped me make arrangements and I sell them on the street corner. 
I lived close to a golf course and the guys would hit balls over the fence and I had a stingray bicycle and I'd ride over there because it was a park next to the golf course and you could ride your bike over there, pick up the ball and sell the ball back through the fence to the golfer. It was a dog leg left coming into the clubhouse and all the right handed hitters would hit it over the fence and I'd go I'd go right over there and pick it up on my stingray bike and bring it back for a quarter. So well, yeah, that- for, for me it was it was the sweet spot in life. It's really what I like to refer to as my zone of my zone of genius. Um, the, 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 and, thing, the thing I, I want to go back to uh, for for a sec, David is, and I, it's interesting because I just wrote a blog on this. I've not published it yet. Um, no, I'm lying. I just did publish it in uh, in my email newsletter. But it's it's all about saying heck yes. You know, like those moments that are really a big investment to say yes to but you know that there's an adventure behind that door. You really don't know how it's going to end, but you decide to do it. Those are the ones that are the most fruitful. Uh, The the most delightful surprises can come out. Yeah, and yes, certainly uh, there can be some negatives as well, but the um, something about being an entrepreneur too is to be able to firewalk in so many different areas of life, isn't there? Where it's like, I've never done that. My brain doesn't understand it. Uh, I'm not going to do it. Okay, well, if you say no, who knows what brilliance is is being left uh, left without well, you being able to touch it? There, yeah, there's that, and then there's the other side of it, where you're allowing fear to control you, because if it's going to stop you there, where else is it going to stop you? I think I think and it's that, it's so that, it's so relevant too, because this this mountain that we just climbed, it was the same thing for for a, a, a number of like this was like intense intense danger where we were climbing and you know, we're not even that skilled, but we did it thousands and thousands of people have done it before us. So it really is tripping your mind out by saying, by trusting the system, tr- trusting the process, I should say, you know? Yeah. Uh, it, yeah. It, 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 it is about trusting the process. Um, look, look, I mean, look at me, look what would happen if I had not done it. And, and what a radical change been, from your, from your previous life. While we had so many struggles with different uh, substances now looking at it so many years later, you said yes, first of all, for picking up those tapes, <laughs> you know, and then you said yes for going to the sash, and then you said yes for walking the coals. But what a trajectory yeah. shift that was. Well, I, I was saying no. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. That's right. right. I was, it was not just no, it was hell no. I'm not doing this. That's insane. Why would anybody do that? <laughs> but, 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 but you draw a correlation, at least for me, back when I was young. Because uh, I, you know, I, I remember dealing with a similar similar fear, and that was in junior high school. I had, you know, went to my first dance, and I knew who I was going to ask to dance, and you know, I got all dressed up, and I put on, you know, English leather, and you know, I was in seventh grade, and I'm going to the dance to ask Sandy to dance, and sure enough, I walk into dance, and there she is, and she's she's staring at me, and I'm staring at her, and I'm thinking, sweet, you know, I'm dancing with Sandy tonight. And, you know, as I got ready to go over there, all my buddies are standing around. They're all looking at me. And and the next thing I know, I, I was dealing with that voice in my head going, are you out of your mind? If she says no, what she's probably going to do, every, you're going to be the laughing stock of the school. This is insane, man. Don't, don't do it. And I ended up chickening out. And so, again, it really comes back down to an entrepreneur, any entrepreneur, they have groups of people that they have to lead then they're going to have to learn how to step through their fear and they're going to have to create situations uh, for their people to get them to rise up. If you can, if you can raise their self-worth 
and their self-confidence and their self-belief in themselves, and you can get them to play better as a group, guess what? Your bottom line goes up. Okay. I did a medium-sized company a couple of years ago, about a $6 billion a, a, a year company, and they brought 350 of their sales and marketing people to us in, in Palm Springs, and we walked them. And, you know, four months later, their, their productivity went up 18%. So this is what can happen when you get your groups of people in your corporations or your businesses or whatever to play together and, and move together as a unit. It's like a group of mackerel, man. They're swimming and they're moving together and they're very productive when that happens. So, you know, it's one thing to put somebody on stage and get them to talk and do all that kind of stuff. And that's really great. But if you don't create some kind of something to shake up their central nervous system, you're not going to have lasting change. It just won't happen. And that's why tone has used firewalking for all these years because he knows it causes a shift. I watched thousands and thousands and thousands of people, half a million people in my career, and I would see them the next morning. I could see the people there that night when I firewalked. And, of course, when I started facilitating the firewalks, I watch them one after another after another. And these people change that quick. Wow. Again, go watch Oprah. Yeah. I'll tell you guys, it's, it, it really depicts what somebody goes through. And how does somebody like that within – minutes of doing the firewalk makes the biggest business decision of her life well you got me intrigued well, i got i'm feeling like i got to do this firewalk myself we like, do it together, Dave. yeah we have to do that when you talk about all these people david like oprah and you got all these celebrities and then you got all these you know mortals i guess you know as well in there i'm sure um is there any story in particular? I mean, obviously Oprah is, was you know is a big one, but maybe maybe not as high profile person. But is there anything that just just really moved you when you saw how it changed someone's life? I mean, outside of your own experience, was just pretty incredible. Well, yeah, of course, um, and and the numbers are in thousands. Um, uh, you know, watching my kids walk the first time. My daughter was six. My son was nine. Wow. Uh, that was that was that was phenomenal. That was in New Jersey. And uh, Tone knew I was going to walk my kids that night. So I just turned the kids over to one of the trainers, and the trainer spent about an hour with them and, and got them ready. And then after, you know, after the fire walk, after all the participants had walked, you know, uh, she brought my kids over to our lane, and, and, my, and, and my daughter came up at six years old, and Tony took her by one hand, and I took her by the other, and we walked her across. Um, and then, um, you know, my son stepped up, and, Tony looked at my son and kind of knew, you know, at nine years old, he could talk to him. And he said, I love you and I love your daddy. Now go. Oh, that's awesome. So he took off, right? And he walked. And, and so, you know, when you give your kids a gift like that, it, it, I'm telling you guys, it's, it's long term. It lasts forever. They can reach deep. And the next time they're faced with anything, whatever challenge, catastrophic, whatever comes their way, they have a point of reference that, you know, they did something extremely powerful. Um, though, though there is one specific time where um, there was one guy that came to Tony's event. It was a young man. I think this is back in like 2002 or three, somewhere in that ballpark. And we were in Tampa, Florida. And this young man was a collegiate athlete, high school. And he was, uh, you know, again, a really amazing athlete. Well, he gets hit. He gets in a car wreck with a drunk driver. And he loses both legs, one right above the knee and one up closer to the hip. Well, how quickly does your life change when that happens? Mm -hmm. Boom, that quick your life changes, obviously. Mm -hmm. So he was contemplating suicide. He was stacking. He was doing all kinds of stuff. And one of his buddies basically said, hey, listen, I, you know, before you kill yourself, Tony Robbins is coming to town, and I know you like him and you've mentioned him. Why don't you go see him before you do something that you think this is what you want to do? 
And so he went, he came. And the next thing I know, I don't know anything's going on. I, we're out at the firewalk. And all of a sudden, Tony stops and he looks at me and he gives me this look like, dude, I think we're going to see something really awesome here in a moment. And, you know, and then I see this because it's dark out there, so you can't see very well. Next thing I know, I see this kid's wheelchair and Tony bends down to say something to him and the kid kind of flags him off. He's like, no, 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 like get away. Right. Next thing I know, I watch this kid position himself and he, he flings forward. And again, he was a, he was a collegiate athlete. So he had a lot of upper body strength and he, you know, he jumped up into a handstand and he walked across the fire. What? On his oh oh man, <clears throat> that's amazing. So that was, wow. Yeah. Right. So that was a moment where I went, okay, I get it. I, I know why I'm here. <clears throat> yeah. I get it while I'm traveling around and, and, you know, it's moments like that to go, okay, this is pretty serious stuff. Yeah. Now I don't know where that young man is today, but I just, you know, I, you witness things like that, but you know, it, for, they're all the same for, because for anybody that firewalks in that moment, you know, there's that moment of reckoning for everybody, you know? And, um, yeah. So, you know, I watched, uh, Thousands of people. And I've watched, you know, a lot of celebrities. You know, there's been lots of celebrities. Everybody from a Chuck Liddell, right, a, you know, the heavyweight yeah. uh, martial arts UFC fighter and uh, or or Usher or he was really cool in his family and, and Pitbull and, you know, and then you get into the Tom Hanks kind of guys and the Anthony Hopkins kind of people, you know, because people ask me, you know, what's your favorite celebrity? And I'm like, Anthony Hopkins by far. <laughs> he was such a cool guy. And of course, he's in AA, so him and I hit it off. Okay. So that was in Sydney, Australia, and and but again, you know, just just really groovy people that came and are reaching out because they want to make a change in their life. They want to be better. They want to live better. And so, when you raise your self worth, that's what'll happen. So again, it comes back to really learning the sweet spot in life, and that's what I call the zone of genius. And that's where love and creativity and abundance come together. Mm-hmm. And firewalking is a way to catapult you into that mindset because it really comes down to state management in life right because i people ask you know what's what's the key to life i'm like well typically it comes down to the questions that you ask yourself or what you've told yourself about anything that's happened the 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 meaning that you give anything that happens to you and those are that's based on a lot of times on your filters and how you've been raised and, and these kinds of things so why people don't get what they want in life is there's typically there's a story they tell themselves why they can or cannot have it. And so when, when, when that shows up, then that's just Henry Ford, right? Henry Ford said, if you think you can or you think you can't, you're right. right. You're right. <laughs> yep. You're right. You, you are, you're right. <laughs> yeah. You are like um, massively passionate about this, you know, as like oozing out of every pore of your body as you're talking about. It. I mean, like, huh. I've like, it's, it's amazing story. And um, you know, and we we have a colleague um, that uh, that we we do some work with. He's a, he's a local entrepreneur, Blair Hislop. We'll shout out to him and his wife Rosalind. And they talk about you know using your superpowers for good and all these cool things. And I just listen to you. I'm thinking, you you figured you know you found a way to use your superpowers. And um, and I like what do you call that zone again? You call it the what, what was that? The, the zone of genius. The zone of genius. Yeah, I love that. So. Zone of- so, the zone of genius. So we got I got we got a question like from from an entrepreneurial standpoint, right? You're living your passion. Sure. It's clear. Like Greg Hemmings is a passionate storyteller. I'm a passionate coach and love developing leaders. And and you find that space that that space now. And you're you're with Firewalk Productions. How do you, how is it that you get heard in this noisy market? Because there's so much 
you know, team building and there's so many self-development things. And But it sounds like you're you're doing a fabulous job of telling your story and people are finding you. And I'm just wondering how that happens. How do you, how do you get heard in this noisy market? Well, I think it, well, you know, part of it is when you can, when, when the marketplace looks at you, I, I was sitting in a, in a boardroom with a corporation one time and they were, we were talking about, you know, doing firewalks and, and, you know, coming in and doing this for their company and, and the C and, and, and the legal team was there and they were asking some questions. They were like, well, so, you know, what happens when somebody gets burnt? You know, what's the liability? And so they were taking this legal approach and, mm-hmm. and I'm like, well, let me ask you a question. Have you or any of you guys ever taken your family to the beach? Yeah. Did you ever get your family sunburned? Yeah. Okay, well, that's about a thousand times more dangerous to your body than a little hot spot that you're going to get on the bottom of your foot with my firewalking. And by the way, did you go back to the beach again and get sunburned again? Okay, so that's the reality. There's your reality check with that, right? So, you know what? So my career basically has been one that was with Tony. And so I'm sitting in that board meeting and all of a sudden the CEO turns to everybody and goes, look, if this guy's good enough for Tony Robbins, he's good enough for us. He knows what he's doing. <laughs> so let's roll. Let's do this, right? So once once I did Google and then I did NASA, Notre Dame, and you know, started doing big companies, Remax and and Chick-fil-A and you know, the list is pretty long now. Um, it, it's pretty easy because I don't really even have to promote myself much. Yes. A lot of my comes from event comes from event planners, right? They're okay. the guys that are there on the front lines Got it. waiting corporation to walk through the door and so you go, here's your guy <laughs> there's your guy because they're going to ask well hey we want to do something different we want something you know our guys need motivation and they need this and they do it oh great you know who tony robbins is they go yeah of course we do well we got this firewalk guy so i, I think that's really interesting because you're <clears throat> you know you've got a gift of tony's brand to to, to be heard in the noisy market but in a way yep. it's not going to take long before that just becomes a part of your CV and really it's you. And I think who is going to be that, you know, that agent uh, is going to be all the people, all the people's lives that you've touched. Those are the people who are going to be talking with their friends and their family and it'll be circling back. And probably, you're probably witnessing that right now. And I think it's really neat for our listeners because we have a a heavy entrepreneurial uh, listenership is to think about that. It's like, what are your, what are the other brands that are close to you? I, I mean, brands in a, in a really respectful way. <laughs> like, who are the different people doing amazing things in your network that you're associated with? And then, how can you leverage that and and even bring value back to them? Because everything you probably mentioned Tony Robbins' name about fifteen times on this podcast, which is an amazing gift back to Tony, right? Um, right. So this, yeah, this, this is kind of a, a, a neat little takeaway. Um, I what I, what I think we need to do, David, is get you on another call again because our our podcasts are, are half hour, and it seems like there's so much more to talk about. Can you give us before we before we ask you to give uh, contact info where people can find you? Can you give us one kick-ass takeaway for our listeners, being entrepreneurs, growing businesses, using the idea of firewalking to help them uh, push their business to the next level? Well, create a why. Create a why big enough that it, it causes, you know, it puts tears in your eyes. Because if your why is big enough, the how is going to show up. It's the way it works. Yeah. And, and stop going out there and looking for heroes and be one within your own company, within your own community. Find your niche. You know, you said it earlier. We all have a, we all have a molecule of magnificence that's inside of us. Mm-hmm. All we have to do is tap into it. 
because, you know, one of the talks that I give is, you know, what's the chances of being born? Well, it's about one in 400 trillion. We're all winners. If you look at all the numbers, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, walking around thinking that you're not special or you're not, you know, you, you, you made it, man. Now, granted, if you were born in Africa, ouch. But are you born in Afghanistan, ouch. But if you were born in, you know, the western part of the state of North Carolina or in Southern California like I was, guess what? You've got some opportunities that are in front of you. So, you know, just break through and understand you're magnificent and that, you know, if you stay at it and you're consistent. And Brendan Burchard teaches that. Tony teaches that. T. Harvecker, I did work for him. Wayne Dyer did work for him. Yeah, consistency is really the key. Because if you, if you do anything long enough, you're going to become a master. It's the 10,000-hour approach. We know that. You do anything for 10,000 hours, guess what? You're going to be one of the best in the world at it. So, and especially if you're an entrepreneur. Entrepreneurship is it's courageous. It's tough. It's, mm-hmm. it's exciting. It's exhilarating. It's scary as hell. It's all those things all come together. And I think that's why we're entrepreneurs. We love that ride. And so, you know, um, again, it really just comes down to getting really clear and really honest with yourself about who you are and what you're about and control your state. State management is everything. And if you can find a sweet spot and you start living in your zone of genius, that, again, that's where, that's where love and, and, and abundance and creativity collide. I like to call it it's where achievement and fulfillment come together at the same time. And that's it. Nice. Because a lot of people achieve, but they don't feel fulfilled. Yeah. And Robbins will tell you, Robbins will tell you, I've heard him say it a million times, you know, achievement without fulfillment is failure. So, you know, and when you make your life all about other people, and, you know, it's been said, you help enough people get what they want in life, you're always going to get what you want in life. And, and yeah, you know, change somebody's life with a firewalk or a glasswalk or whatever, and they come up to you and go, hey, you know what, you probably don't remember me, but guess what? I did such and such a firewalk and such and such a day, and here's what happened in my life. I went, and, I went and wrote a screenplay. It's called Sleepless in Seattle, right? I mean, so it's just, it's just one thing after another. So that's really, you know, Beautiful. that's really where it is for me. That's really a sweet spot. So, David, um, well, thank you for inviting us into your zone of genius. Yeah, thanks, um, David. And your your passion, man, just comes through. It's it's like it's like we're sitting listening, and we're I'm reminded, like, oh yeah, we're we're hosting this. We got to ask some questions. <laughs> we no, got we got to direct great. Right? Just listening. <laughs> I know. I don't, I'm just totally enjoying <laughs> listening, and I could listen to you for a lot longer. And I hope to uh, in the future. Um, but uh, now, do you do fire? You clearly do firewalks all around the world. So, people that want to they want to learn more about you. They want to. They want yeah. to watch some of your videos. How do they find you? How do they get a hold of you? And um, um, you know, what's the best way for people to, to touch touch base with you? Um, you know, firewalkadventures.com. That's our that's our website. Ton of information there. Uh, yes, we're global. Uh, we just set a world record glass walk in Paris. We uh, I walked uh, fourteen hundred people. So um, yeah, we can go anywhere you want. And my team, I have team all over the world. I have I have tons of contacts in in. Uh, the Orient and uh, Australia and Europe, uh, all over Canada, all over the United States. So it really doesn't matter. I can come in with extremely um, experienced people, people that worked with me, you know, for 19 plus years. And they'd, they'll come do for me and, you know, any company that I'm doing it with, the drop of a hat. Well, we'd like to talk to you about coming to, to our part of the world someday because yep. we got some people who'd love to meet you in particular. So you, 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 we have to do a follow-up. <laughs> yeah, we're going to do a follow-up. Uh, yeah. Also, David, when you're ready to make a documentary about what you're doing, you know the, you know the podcast host to call. 
<laughs> this this filmmaker right here is going to follow you around the world and do that, right? <laughs> that, that's, that, that would be, you know, it's funny you, you should mention that because that's, I do know that that's probably one of the next steps. I'm involved with a, a, a project called Essential Wisdom, and it's, um, it's a group of sages, about 20-some people that all have, um, uh, you know, they're, they're expert in certain fields. Uh, of their of their lives and so we all come together so it's a fiction nonfiction book too where there's a there's a character and he's a rich little oil boy and his grandfather dies and leaves him all this money because he's living his life like paris hilton his grandfather in his will says no you're not getting a dime but here's what you need to do Uh, i'm going to let you redeem yourself if you go out here and you meet with these 23 sages and they sign off on it you're going to get your 1.7 billion or whatever it is. So that's it makes a great awesome story. Premise. But yeah, documentary wise, yeah, that's okay. Well, you hey, we no, we got we got it. We got to follow yeah, up. We're right. going to yeah, talk. We're, we're going to bring you here sometime, man. I think um, you're great, David. Thank you so much for your right, time. Uh, we did, My this pleasure. is clearly an example of a format that's not long enough because there's so much more to share. Um, but uh, you know, again, thanks for uh, for bringing us into the zone of genius, and um, um, we're going to do some takeaways, and we'll, we'll we'll be in touch, David. Thanks so much. Awesome, guys. Okay. Thanks for having me. Have I really a great... appreciate it. All the best to you guys. Thanks, Take care. Man. Bye-bye. See you, brother. Bye. Cheers. That's that cool. Oh, man. I <laughs> oh, love... That was hot. That was oh, hot. That was hot. Exactly. And it's, it's funny because, like, obviously we want to ask the question, how is it physically possible to do it? Yeah. And there's an answer. I'm sure. But, but like, it's it's the overcoming the fear. Yeah. Which is, I think, the, the, the strongest takeaway is, like, what is that? in my life, in my business, whether it's physically walking on fire, climbing a mountain, or doing something in business, like saying, hey, how do we take this company and actually five exit in the next three years? Like that might be the firewalk or whatever that thing is. Uh, just knowing that, you know, overcoming the fear is probably going to bring a lot of abundance as a result. Well, and, you know, and, and being aware, I mean, that's the other thing, right? It's just that awareness of what is, you know, like, the, like I mean, I, I gave a, a talk uh, last weekend and and it just it occurred to me, like, you know, there's so many times that we play small, right? And the world needs to be bold, you know? And doing a firewalk's a freaking bold thing, you know? And and uh, I just, I, I got to try it. I guess got to, well, listen, like, okay, here's, we, we got to do this. Here's the thing, Dave. <clears throat> we will find a time. It'll be a boiling point event, okay? I think it's appropriately named as well. And we will... <laughs> We will invite all of our listeners bo- and our guests. A boiling coal event? Yes, uh, a, a boiling coal, a coal event. <laughs> and we will bring David. I think it's a great idea. Okay. I think it's perfect. We're going to make it happen. Uh, so let's let's remind our guests, um, boilingpointpodcast.com. Uh, please, you know, share this episode. Share it widely. Uh, and, you know, I, I know there's millions of Tony Robbins fans who are probably super keen to listen to this particular episode. Um, just share this out if you're one of them because uh, the work that Dave is doing is really amazing and we certainly uh, love to share amazing stories of amazing entrepreneurs and, doing great and things. And definitely go to firewalkadventures.com and check his stuff out. Yeah, and uh, we're going to put a whole bunch of good stuff in the show notes at bowlingpointpodcast.com. Thanks for and listening. Thanks for listening and make sure you uh, rate and subscribe on, on uh, iTunes as I eat my grapes. They're not sour grapes. They're sweet grapes. See you later, David. See ya. Thanks for checking out this episode of Boiling Point. Remember to rate and subscribe to us on iTunes and follow us on Twitter at Boiling Point Pod. To see more from Dave Vale, check out leadershipunleashed.ca or visioncoachinginc.com and on Twitter at Dave underscore Vale. And to catch up with Greg, visit Hemmingshouse.com 
and at Greg Hemmings on Twitter. Thanks for listening, and remember, keep that pot boiling. Hey listeners, I'm Christy. And I'm Melissa. And this is Buried Motives, where we dig deep into the details of some of the most gruesome dirtbag murderers. She said she enjoyed hurting things that can't fight back. And that is a disturbing view into the mind of a murderer in such a dirtbag. Yeah, that's not even strong enough words. This is totally a recipe for disaster. And not to justify whatever is going to happen, but you can totally understand and see how this would be in the works. If you were only to look at what she did later on and not know any of that history, she would appear like off the wall crazy. Oh, 100%. Because we're not even close to getting to the end yet. But you can just see this pattern and all this kind of stuff developing in her, which is what we're here for. We're digging deep. Join us each Thursday as we unearth the dirt bags that live among us and the motives buried there. Hope you join us as we exhume the truth. <laughs>